is the skill set there? That's the first thing we need to look at is the skill set there. And if the skill set is not there, you can't delegate the whole thing because you cannot safely delegate it because your client results will suffer from that. If the skill set's not there, you could be looking at, well, is this something that I can train to existing people on the team? Is it worth training them? Is this something that we can go and find someone else easier that is going to require less training? Is your current success putting a lot of demands on you? If you're good at what you do, and you are, then everyone wants you. But that's no way to scale. If you're delivering spectacular results, you should be commanding higher fees, working with only the best clients. Welcome to the Hands Off CEO Podcast, where world-class agency owners and consultants learn how to fully monetize their expertise and scale profits by doing less. Here's your host, Mandy Ellison. Hello, this is Mandy Ellison, host of the Hands Off CEO Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about delegating ownership. So companies come to come to us when they're at a place where they have either hired really good quality leaders and they find themselves still very much involved in the day-to-day and they're not really sure what to do about that. Or maybe they're at that place where they're looking at, okay, I know I need to hire more leadership or maybe... I have someone internally in my team that I can develop and I I don't really know what step next to do. And I want to make sure that I'm doing this right because I don't quite even know what I need to develop them in. That's one of the things that we hear a lot is that I've developed this person, this operations leader to a point where it's up to my skill level or is up to what I understand. But how do I know if they're even doing it right? Because this is not something that is really my strength. So that's one of the reasons why a lot of CEOs will come to hands-off CEO is we help the CEOs be able to work on the right things on the business and get out of working in the business and then getting the operations leader to actually be able to take on the important parts of the company that really allows it to scale and to do so in a sustainable way where the CEO can safely let go and help them feel good about the next directions and really scaling the company. See, one of the things that we see is at this level that there's so much growth that's possible, but it's just a matter of how do I make sure that we're growing in a way that's actually going to serve our clients? And that's actually going to make me feel good about bringing the company to the next level. And I really understand what this feels like. I understand what this feels like in my own company because we've hit these different stages. And I understand what it feels like in my past branding and web design company where I hit up against this as well. And the challenge is, is that if you don't scale the right way, you'll actually find yourself in a place where your client results start to decline. Maybe you've experienced that before. You can find yourself in a place where You have clients that want to come on, but they're requiring that you be part of the project. And then you find yourself making these promises and then having to be hands in the project to be able to fulfill those promises. And then every time you bring on a new client, it just stacks up your workload. And you know, if you're really good, you might have clients that stay for years. And meanwhile, you're stuck in this place where you're between a rock and a hard place where scaling your company has meant more time for you in the business, less time working on the business on the high level strategic things that you really want to spend your time on, and just generally less time in your life as it just continues to get eroded away by this business that just kind of eats at everything. So it's really easy to find yourself in this position. And what we call this is like this entrapment cycle where you actually become a victim of your own success. And the challenging part about this is it can feel like can't quite go forward, but it also could feel like you can't go back either because you have all these people that are counting on you who are looking to you for a paycheck, looking for you to lead their company to these results that you've promised them. 
And these are just so much on your shoulders and it can feel pretty overwhelming and not really knowing what to do next. One of the biggest things that we see at the root cause of this is an inability to really let go and delegate ownership to the team, even when there is a good quality leadership team. And there is a core issue for that. And we'll talk about that. But first, I wanted to share a story from, I'll call him Jack. That's not his real name, but we don't have a client named Jack. So I thought it'd be safe, a safe name to use. So Jack had a really great company, but he didn't have an operations leader in place. He had some of these other leaders that were over accounts. They were over project management, but he was missing this operations leader. So first thing that we did together with Jack is that we got him set up with an operations manager and we helped him to be able to get that in place for them to be recruiting that operations manager and got him in place, put him in the operations academy that we take our clients see their COOs, ops managers, operations leaders. We take them through that to really teach them the different core pieces that they need to install in the business to make it sustainable from the perspective of a service-based company. So one of the things that we've noticed is that they can have a really great operations leader, but if they don't have years of experience operationalizing a custom high-ticket service, then they're going to really struggle to be able to make that work in your company. And that's one of the things that we've heard from our operations leaders. And it gives them such great tools to be able to operationalize a service because it's a completely different animal, which they'll tell you. So anyway, we worked with Jack. We helped him get this operations manager in place. And there were some really interesting key pieces that really made the difference for Jack in being able to delegate the ownership and be able to step back in a way that actually allowed him to be working on the business instead of in it. And he went from working you know, 50, 60 hours per week to actually working at least half of that on his business. And that happened within about four months that he was able to make that transition. It's been really fun to watch Jack and the growth of his business. And because he was able to step back from the day-to-day, because he was able to free himself up for capacity from himself, removing, getting him out of the operations as far as like the operations management, as far as the project management, and as far as account management and communicating with clients, which he was quite involved in some of those things, even though he had the leadership. What does it actually take to do that? So I'm going to walk you through some of the pieces that we walk our clients through in the first couple of weeks working together, which help them be able to free up 10 to 20 extra hours per week. What we do with that time is that we take the CEO and we lead them through our program that helps them be able to get clear on exactly who that profit sweet spot client is, that they can be able to have offers that they can charge 50 to 600% higher fees for. That's one of the things that we see commonly with our clients. They're able to dramatically increase the fees, which if they're delivering the same service, you know, how much more profit does that bring? Well, we see that that it's very common to double the gross profit on that service. And not only that, when you have this really streamlined, clear, what we call this power of ones, this clear one client, one painful problem, and one outcome, when you're that clear on that, then you can put together a really powerful outcome statement, we call it. That outcome statement really focuses the entire brand and it allows the brand to really position as a world-class expert, a world-class consulting partner, a partner in generating results, and not just an agency that just like does work that looks like everybody else that either does branding or web design or PPC or SEO or like, you know, the agencies that have their specialties. And most people think that that's what niching down looks like. But what we look at is 
really hyper niche and the part of the market that's going to be the most profitable, then go directly after that market. And then what happens is, is that you can have your such dialed in messaging that allows you to become the very best in the industry as far as how everyone else sees you. You can leverage all those great case studies you already have and be able to position that to help your most ideal target market to be able to see, oh yes, this is exactly what I want. And that's one of the things that we see commonly happen with hands-off CEO is people come to us already listening to our podcast. You know, maybe they've listened to us speaking on another podcast and hear all this and say, this is exactly what I need. And the reason why is because we're so hyper niche down to consulting companies and agencies that have, that have really good results, that are established, that are at seven figures a year plus, or pretty close to that. If they really have a, an amazing offer, we are so hyper niche down that we know this problem better than they do. And that's why it puts you in the situation where you can pick and choose exactly who you want to work with. And you can turn away most people that come to you. And that's what we help Jack be able to do. And we help Jack be able to reposition their business to a subset of the part of the business that they were already doing and get really compelling with their offer. And in doing that, it allowed them to be able to bring in some really big whale clients that are multiple six-figure type of clients. And in looking at this, it was just incredible to see the level of profit increase. And they actually saw that they could be able to generate the level of profits they wanted to have, which was at least adding a half a million dollars of profits to their business. They could see that they could be able to generate a half a million dollars of profits to their business with a very small number of clients, less than a dozen extra clients than they already had. So that's what happens when you work on the business instead of in it and really get focused on the right things that you as the CEO should be doing. And only you as the CEO can really do it at a certain point. So how do you actually get to the point where you can actually be working on the business instead of in the business? How do you be able to delegate this ownership? What's one of the biggest leverage points that we see? We have to understand what's missing for the CEO to be able to let go. Is the skill set there? That's the first thing we need to look at is the skill set there. And if the skill set is not there, you can't delegate the whole thing because you cannot safely delegate it because your client results will suffer from that. If the skill set's not there, you could be looking at, well, is this something that I can train to existing people on the team? Is it worth training them? Is this something that we can go and find someone else easier that is going to require less training? That's a decision that we evaluate and look at for, do we have these people on our team and how easy is this going to be to train them up? Remember, you're never going to be able to hire a person that is going to have all the skills that you need. You're going to have to train them to some extent. You will have to. Just know that. And that way you can really get clear on what is the minimum standards that you're going to be hiring for? What are the things that you know for sure you have to have? And then what are those cultural pieces you need to have to make sure that they're going to be a good fit for the company? Another side thing to mention on this, and this actually goes especially with when it comes to strategists, when you're hiring strategists, and this is a little bit different conversation, but I wanted just to mention about hiring strategists. You're going to have to train strategists. You're not going to be able to find people who have all the skills. And here's the reason why. You got to this point because you have something innovative and that works exceptionally well. What that means is that no one else knows how to do it like you do. So you're going to have to put together a training and development program that's going to be able to train up leaders to lead your clients through this process at some point. That comes later on. That's harder to do. It takes more time, but I just wanted to make that really clear. Then this is what we call apprenticeship programs. I might do another episode on apprenticeship programs specifically, 
but that's going to be something you'll need to develop at a later time. And you can hire some people that it's going to be easier to train up and to develop that, but you're going to have to train someone. All right. So the skill set, we talked about skill set. Now, the other piece around this is let's assume that they have the skill set. Do they have permission? Have you given them permission to actually own this? This is a huge thing that we see missing from a lot of leaders and just general team members across the company is that they don't actually know that it is their job to actually own this. And the reason why is there's not a culture of ownership. What there is, is a culture of the CEO taking responsibility for everything because they don't trust anyone at a real deep core level. They trust people, but I'm just saying that that's one of the things that we see. So if you have a skill set, they have the ownership. All right. What is the structure you need in place for them to actually really take on ownership? So this is another piece that we help our clients put in together internally so that they have agreements to manage to. So here's the thing is that a lot of CEOs make the mistake of thinking that we are managing people. We are not managing people. We are managing agreements. You can't manage people. We're squirrely people. You can't really manage people. You can only manage agreements between people. So we really need to get very clear on what success looks like and be able to communicate that to the team. So there's some ways that we use that within our clients. We have what we call this raise the bar conversation, and we have them really create a a new direction that they're taking their team and help and get them enrolled in a new direction and a bigger vision and get them excited. And they're going to have this raise the bar conversation. And it's really exciting to see what happens within the team as they're just like taking the vision and running with it. But to be able to do that, you have to actually know where you want to take the business, right? You have to be concrete about that. And how can you really delegate the how to your team if they don't know the what and if they don't know the why? And if they're not sure who is supposed to be doing what, those are things that you have to get clear on. And some of the tools that we use to get clear on those agreements are core values, getting clear on what are those core values that we're holding everyone to that agreement so that we can manage to that agreement as opposed to the individual person's behavior. What are the core values and the mission? Like, what are we doing? What do we stand for? Why are we doing this work? What are we out to do? Like, what are the kind of outcomes and transformations that we want to create for our clients? And that can be such a mobilizing force because that's why your team wants to be part of what you're building. They want to be part of something special. They want to be part of knowing something that the time that they're spending working in your business is actually contributing to something good in the world. And that's one of the ways that you can really mobilize your team and get them excited. And, and you know, what causes are you standing for? You know, if you have core values that are important to you, what are some charities or other organizations that you could be supporting that are aligned with that? So one of the organizations that we support is Operation Underground Railroad. And they free children from sex trafficking and provide freedom for those who are in vulnerable situations. And that's very aligned with our core values, which is freedom. So that's an example of something that really gets our team jazzed up and including myself. You know, I knowing that the more we grow the company, the more resources that we'll have to be able to support those that are going out in the field and making such a difference in the world, that fires me up. That what makes me want to really grow our influence too, because we want to be able to get that message out. So that then that's part of what we call this one page growth plan that we look at where you're going in the, in three years, where you're going in a year, where you're going in five to 10 years, it kind of depends on how, how you want to, to do that. And what is the X that you're focused on? We also look at that too. So we have this one page growth plan that we help our clients put together as part of that, that initial road mapping. 
to be able to put those agreements in place. And then once you have that one page growth plan, then you can break it down into quarters and say, you know, who is responsible for each one of these things? That's what it takes to be able to create change in your organization. What has, you have to be really clear on where are we going? Why is that important? And then what is the work that needs to be done to be able to to go up and beyond the regular day-to-day workload? Because the regular day-to-day workload right now, you don't have capacity to to, um, be able to meet those obligations. So how are you going to be able to rise above that? Well, you've got to really have a big vision to be able to rise above that is, is really what it comes down to. So having those agreements is going to be what allows you the freedom to delegate the how. And the how is what takes the most time. And you don't need to be the one who has to have all the answers. It has to be able to be the one who figures out there's thousands of different ways to be able to accomplish something. But getting very clear on what success looks like, where you're going, and having those agreements, those written agreements that you can manage to. And those are just a few agreements that I mentioned. We actually have a number of different agreements that our clients use to be able to help to manage their team to. And they they put it together over a long period of time. It's not like this big, gigantic workload right up front. Because right up front, it's just about freeing up capacity. It's about finding 10, 15, maybe even 20 hours of extra time for the CEO to, to really be focusing, working on the business and actually at the same time being able to cut back their workload. So that is how you delegate ownership. That's what we have found makes one of the biggest differences as you're continuing to scale is really being able to utilize your team be able to mobilize them and get them to take a stand to step up and be able to take on more and take more off of your plate. I mentioned the 42-point scalability assessment. This is something that we walk our clients through. We do this as part of our scale to freedom engagement. And that's really the only place that you can go through that with, with our team. But we have opened up a special opportunity with an agency scalability forum that we're going to be doing this month coming up. So if you're listening to this episode right now and and it's December or January 2022 or 2023, we have this agency scalability forum. There are limited seats because we keep them small, but we'd love to invite you and you'll actually get access to this 42-point scalability assessment designed specifically for agencies and consulting companies. And by going through this, we'll actually benchmark you against other successful agencies to help you be able to see where you stack up and how do you be able to take things to the next level? So if you'd like to enroll for this, you can go to handsoffceo.com forward slash agency dash scalability dash forum. And what you can do right there is sign up for your spot. This is for agencies, seven figures and above, or you're tracking pretty close to that. Love to have you. It's going to be a really great really this this forum and this workshop that we're working together for how to really look at what's holding you back from scaling the company to the next level and how to free up capacity for yourself, then how to be able to put together this irresistible offer in your company so that you can actually scale your company with more ease, more profit, and a whole lot less stress. This is Mandy Ellison, host of the Hands Off CEO podcast, signing off. <laughs>